Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Good morning to you on this uh, Monday, November the 28th, 2022, in the first week of Advent. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Lots of stories coming out of China over the weekend. Of course, Cardinal Zen was uh, convicted, ordered to pay a fine. Is there anything more? Hmm. We're going to find out. Uh, China has broken the Sino-Vatican deal. They've uh, appointed a bishop to a diocese that the Vatican doesn't even recognize. How will that affect the relationship? And then huge protests over the weekend. In, I mean, like massive, very rare protests were happening in China over the weekend in uh, Shanghai and other parts of China as well. We're going to catch up on all the China stories at 15 past the hour. So do join us if you can. Coming up at 35 past the hour, David Ramos from ACI Prince is going to be on. Is Mexico returning to the Kaya's laws? I got to watch uh, For Greater Glory over the weekend as one of my... Uh, Movies that I took in during the Thanksgiving weekend holiday, and <laughs> such a winner for greater glory. Get, there's only in one or two really chintzy, cheesy scenes. Otherwise, fantastic film. Really encourage you to check that out. But we're going to be talking about what's going on in Mexico, banning nativity scenes there. Yeah, yikes. Join us at 35 past the Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be on with us. At the top of the second hour, which, by the way, today is the only day we're going to have a, uh, a normal second hour. It's share week across the Guadalupe Radio Network. Be sure to support financially your local Catholic radio station. It does make the biggest difference in the world to us. But we're going to be talking about some of those stories coming out of the Vatican with Cardinal Becciu. Secret recordings with the Pope. Played in court? What's going on there? What does he know? What does he not know? Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com will catch us up in the top of the second hour. Uh, medium home prices are dropping like a hot rock right now. Down 7% since its peak back in June. But don't worry, uh, the bloating that occurred in 2021 and 2020 is still going on. It's still 35% higher than, say, normal. But they are houses are housing prices is dropping. A hey, uh, the head of the German bishops conference says he will not take no for an answer on female priests. Bishop Georg Botzing says even if Rome sees the point as settled, which they've seen it as settled since like Christ founded the church and established male priesthood, but otherwise he's not going to take no for an answer. And uh, is that considered a schism? Hmm, I'm wondering. Dr. Michael Banner, speaking of schism, who is the dean of Trinity College in Cambridge, has claimed that Jesus could have been transgender. Blasphemy much? And anyway, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Good morning, Joe. It was fantastic, unlike that previous story, which, uh, <laughs> by the way, he was uh, making a, a comparison to this old manuscript. I think it was a, a little prayer book. And Gross. he says that something in the prayer book made it look inappropriate. And I was just looking at it and I was like, it's the wound of Christ. What's the matter with you? Yeah. You degenerate. Yeah. But anyway, I had a great time. I had turkey, which is all I really ever wanted for Thanksgiving anyway. I had turkey and gravy. And that, those are the two best things. I think that's just like the, the best mm. Mm, mm. The, the best foundation of the plate. Is right it? There. Yeah. I don't know. 
I, Potatoes, uh, too. I cheated hardcore on my carnivore diet. Was it worth it? I mean, I went keto. I didn't go, like, too crazy, but crazy nonetheless. And I think my body's punishing me for, for my infraction. For I'm, my all, sin. I'm all out of uh, uh, leftovers, so I'm depressed. Are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had pie and Ooh. I had mashed mash taters. They were made of cauliflower. But uh, and then what else did I have? Oh, I had uh, Brussels sprouts. Well, was it worth it? <sighs> Tastes so good. It tastes <laughs> so good. Uh, but I, uh, man, I had to go to confession for, for a little bit of uh, indulgence there, mm-hmm. nonetheless. Uh, speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. What's good about it? <laughs> You're here. Uh, praise God. I'm sick. Pray for me. Please don't breathe on us. I'm going to go over and I'm going to lick your keyboard later. Do it's, not. Do it's not, over. When the, you're not uh, watching. The vent is right above him. It's, I know. It's, it's like just, splashing it not, everywhere. Now. We're not paying attention. Being on an airplane, just spreading your germs. I'm just going to lick all of y'all's keyboards. <laughs> That's gross. mice. That's disgusting. Just, just Joke's be aware. on you. I already licked it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Enough of the shenanigans. We need to pray and jump into our I'm hour. Done. We're going to have a lot to cover today. Do join us if you can and share us with a friend. In the name of the Father, Son, of the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. It's good to be back. Today's Wednesday, November 28th, and here are your headlines this morning. The Hill reports Murphy says Senate does not have 60 votes to pass assault weapon ban. Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut, a leading advocate for gun control in the Senate, expressed doubt that an assault weapons ban, once again being pushed by President Biden after the country's latest mass shooting, could pass the upper chamber. Such a proposal would need 10 Republican votes to break the legislative filibuster, assuming Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer can get all 50 Democrats to support the legislation. The Epic Times reports, Step down, CCP! Step down, Xi Jinping! Protests erupt across China over COVID-19 curbs. Protests erupted in Shanghai and on university campuses across the country over the weekend. The latest wave of widespread anger from the capital of Beijing to the southern city of Nanjing occurred over massive protests that broke out in the far west region of Xinjiang, where strict COVID-19 curbs were blamed for 10 deaths and 9 injuries in a high-rise apartment fire in Urumqi, the region's capital city. The apartment building was sealed off due to China's zero-COVID policies. Local authorities denied the accusation. The New York Post reports U.S. officials pressured Canada to stop the Freedom Convoy, new testimony reveals. A public inquiry into the Canadian government's decision to use emergency powers to clear the Freedom Convoy protesters revealed that frantic phone calls were placed by Washington to Ottawa in an effort to open up choked-off supply lines, saying, quote, They are very, very worried, Canadian uh, Finance Minister Krista Freeland wrote in an email to her staff after a February 10th phone call from the White House National Economic Council Director Brian Deasy. If this is not sorted out in the next 12 hours, all of their northeastern car plants will shut down, Freeland continued in her email. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg later phoned his Canadian counterpart the same day Deasy called Freeland, according to the report, and pressured him about Canada's plan to resolve the protests. And Breitbart reports French government minister labels Italy an enemy country after anti-immigration policy. 
France's interior minister, Gerald Darmanin, criticized the Italian government this week, claiming Italy behaved as an enemy country of France after rejecting a migrant taxi that ended up docking in Toulon. Italy, after the Italy rather under the government of Prime Minister Meloni, has vowed to stem the surge of illegal immigrants arriving in the country, with Italy's interior minister Matteo Piantedosi vowing to halt the activities of migrant transporting NGOs, which have dropped off over 10,000 people in Italy this year. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed James Benefati, also known as Blessed James of Mantua. He was born in the 13th century in Mantua, Italy. Italy. James Benefati, Bishop of Mantua, was a famous man in his time. It is unfortunate that he is so little known in ours. James was born in Mantua in the latter half of the 13th century. And he entered the order at the convent in his native city, probably around the year 1290. He was both a learned and holy priest. And these qualities brought him to the attention of his brother Dominican, Nicholas Boschicino, the future Pope Benedict XI. As Cardinal, Nicholas chose for his companion the young Dominican from Mantua. He employed him in various offices in Rome and recommended to other high-ranking prelates. Consequently, James found himself kept busy in diplomatic offices by several popes, Benedict XI and John XXII among them. The latter named him bishop of his hometown of Mantua, and he went to take over his see in 1320. For 18 years, James occupied the see of Mantua and accomplished great good among the people. He rebuilt and refurnished the cathedral and worked many miracles among his flock. At his death in 1338, many remarkable miracles occurred and he was called Blessed James by people who were grateful for his favors. Nearly 150 years after his death, when repairs were being made in the church where he was buried, an accident opened his tomb and people were startled to find that his body was completely incorrupt. Again, in 1604, the same phenomenon was noted. He died in 1338 and beatified by Pope Pius the ninth elevated him to the dignity of blessed in 1859. Blessed James Benefati, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, uh, Adrian, for reading the reading the saint of the day today. Hope you feel better. But the gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter eight, verses five through eleven. When Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion approached him and appealed to him, saying. Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. He said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion said in reply, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man of subject to authority with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go and he goes and to another, come and he comes. And to my slave, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Amen, I say to you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Pseudo Chrysostom points out, This centurion was the first fruits of the Gentiles. 
And in comparison of his faith, all the faith of the Jews was unbelief. He neither heard Christ's teaching nor saw the leper when he was cleansed, but from hearing only that he had been healed, he believed more than he heard. And so he mystically typified the Gentiles that should come and who had neither read the law nor the prophets concerning Christ, nor had seen Christ himself work his miracles, close quote, pseudo Christism. So they didn't need much, but they believed much. Let that sink in. St. Hilary says, spiritually interpreted, the Gentiles are the sick in this world and afflicted with the diseases of sin, all their limbs being altogether unnerved and unfit for their duties of standing and walking. The sacrament of their salvation is fulfilled in this centurion's servant, of whom it is sufficiently declared that he was the head of the Gentiles that should believe, close quote, St. Hilary. St. Chrysostom would say, Jesus here does what he never did. He always follows the wish of the supplicant, but here he goes before it and not only promises, rather, and not only promises to heal him, but to go to his house. This he does, that we may learn the worthiness of the centurion. Close quote. Did you see that? This is pretty significant. It's pretty unique. Our Lord is taking this a step further, and that has to have drastic implications especially to the Jews who would have been present there and witnessing all of this. St. Augustine says, By declaring himself unworthy, he showed himself worthy, not indeed into whose house, but into whose heart Christ, the Word of God, should enter. Nor could he have said this with so much faith and humility. He had he not born in his heart him whom he feared to have in his house. And indeed, it would have been no great blessedness that Jesus should enter within his walls if he had not already entered into his heart. Close quote. St. Augustine, pray for us. Would we be like the centurion? Which is why, before going and presenting ourselves to Holy Communion, receiving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, we must pray, Lord, I am unworthy to have you enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Let us be like the centurion. Do we ask God to prove himself to us continually, or do we have faith? Do we believe as this centurion, this Gentile has? Let us believe like him today. Hey, don't go anywhere. On the other side of this break, we're going to have a guest on to talk about China. What is going on in China? Is it the end of CCP and more? All that coming up next. Atheists claim they don't need God to be a good person, implying God's not relevant to morality. But is this true? Well, atheists can be good in the sense of knowing behaviors that respect the goods of human nature and living accordingly. St. Paul acknowledges this natural moral law in Romans chapter 2. But this doesn't mean God is irrelevant when it comes to morality. And here's the reason. Besides God's grace being necessary to live the moral law perfectly and merit heaven, God is necessary for the law to be morally binding. How can the moral law be binding if there's no moral law giver behind it that surpasses human authority? The answer is, it can't. So an atheist can follow the natural moral law. 
But only the theist is consistent in saying that such a law is morally obligatory. Praise be to Jesus I'm Christ. Paulo Brusson Welcome with back the ready to reason Catholic for Catholic Dry Answers. Time. This Catholic. is your producer, Adrian Fonseca. And today is... The- so many of us carry such heavy burdens. You're crazy! Deep within, we struggle. Come on, babe. It'll be fun. Because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ, or shall we say, Viva Cristo Rey! Coming up at 35 past the hour, David Ramos from ACI Prince is going to join us to talk about Mexico possibly banning nativity scenes there. It's like bringing back the old Caius laws, the anti-clerical laws of the 20s and 30s in Mexico. I mean, what's next? America is going to send uh, planes and guns and bullets down there one more time to to uh, attack Catholics in that country? I certainly hope not, but David Ramos is going to give us the story at 35 past the hour of what's going on in Mexico. Join us if you can. But joining us right now is my good friend Jack, who, uh, born and raised in China, has been uh, doing quite a bit to raise awareness of what's going on in China, especially for Chinese Catholics. Uh, Good morning to you, Jack. Good morning. Jack, thank you for your time today. We appreciate uh, you being on with us. Lots of stories coming out of China over the weekend. Let's start with the protests. Uh, and then, of course, we've got Cardinal Zen, I- I- illegal diocese, and so much more to talk about. But in the protests, uh, it's pretty scary to think about how many people have been locked in their apartments to enforce Xi Jinping and CCP's zero COVID policy. What can you tell us? Yes. Um, so the past of three years, over the three years, uh, absolute, um, a very brutal lock, total lockdown. Uh, it's called a zero uh, policy, zero case policy. Imagine among 1.4 billion population. So, so you want to hear more about the, uh, the protest? Yeah, why are right now or it's your next question? I, it seems to me that the protests are utterly unique in the sense that we've seen protests in China before, uh, but we've not seen too many people actually shouting down the CCP, uh, actually calling for the resignation of Xi Jinping, actually fighting the police in order to prevent them from arresting people. It seems to me that is unique. Is that the case, or is this pretty standard in China? You're right. I think the last time we saw um, widespread uprisings or, or more, more often uprisings was about 10 years ago. Uh, since Xi Jinping took over, like the, for the past five years, especially, I, 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 it's, it's rare to see this, this kind of a protest. Now we see that the past two days. Um, the trigger is, you know, it was the uh, the fire uh, in in uh, Xinjiang in your new, new territory. The Uyghur Uyghur people, uh, the fire killed um, over at least ten people because they were locked. They were locked in their in their uh, in their apartment. So that's well, that was a trigger. And then the protests uh, spread spread over across China, 
in many cities, in, in many universities, in, including my city. And uh, uh, well, actually, it's the, the size of the protest is not big, right? Maybe uh, uh, hundreds, of pe- hundreds of people in, in one place, in one spot in a city, one time. But it's uh, in many cities. And people, uh, young people, and shouting on the street, and even shouting down with, down with the CCP, down with the Xi Jinping. And that was uh, sort of the, maybe the first time since 1989 Tiananmen Massacre. Wow. And I, I understood that in some of the cases, uh, they were protests that were trying to get to Tiananmen Square because they wanted to make a bigger statement in all of this. And uh, and I, I'm, I'm guessing that the, the authorities have pretty much put a damper on all this. They've come out in great force and dragged some people away. Uh, how severe do you think the reaction will be from the CCP in all of this? You mean the CCP reaction? Right. Uh, this time, a little surprise that uh, the first many response, the first many response was not that brutal. Uh, they didn't, you know, use that that much force. Uh, so they still give some some minutes for the for the protesters to speak up, and then then they're arrested. Um, so people are guessing why. Maybe they need some. Maybe the police need more funding uh, to uh, for further uh, for further uh, crackdown. So they let it happen. Or maybe the CCP, the officials, the local officials, they are still under much. They are not satisfied. They are they are not happy with the with the with the lockdown. So they let it happen for a few minutes, and then they arrest. Mm. Jack, let me ask you a little bit more. And also, Go ahead. And and I want to add that this time, uh, even you know for the uh, for the for the past forty eight hours, they call this the white paper movement, white paper revolution, uh, just like the what happened in Russia recently, right? People holding white paper, empty blank paper, to 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 show their dissatisfaction, show their anger. What is the significance of that? And the CCP, just the CCP, CCP banned the, the, the sales of white paper, A4, printed paper, <laughs> wow. banned it. That's good. Jack, let me ask you this. What's the significance of the, of the white paper? The significance? Yes. Yeah, so why is it okay. blank? That, why, why? that means that why they use white paper? Yes, sir. Because you do not, because CCP do not allow me to write anything there, uh-huh. right? I don't put my. They, they shout, they shout down with CCP, they shout their uh, their demands. Uh, but uh, you know, this is my. Okay, you don't allow me, then I do put a white paper, <laughs> a blank paper. Okay, I hold it, uh, just like the Russians do, and the Russian dissidents, <laughs> and the CCP take still take away the white paper. Mm. Even white paper is 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 banned. It's just so ridiculous in the symbolic, you know, as a protest. So uh, the last question on the protest here. Do you think this will escalate or do you think the CCP will basically be able to uh, quell this and just move on? Um, based on what you've said so far, this seems rather significant. But I've also heard that as of right now, things are quiet on the streets in China. So is this over? 
You're right. We just expect that. We hope that it will last at least for seven days. That's uh, maybe the threshold in the professional term. <laughs> um, but I think finally they will they will uh, uh, take care of it. The CCP will take care of it. They will not allow it. Uh, but at least we know that after five years, at least ten, eight years of uh, 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 quietness under Xi, there are still surviving force. There's still hope. Mm. among people, especially young people. Well, let's switch over to what's going on with Cardinal Zen. And uh, he has apparently been convicted. What does this mean for him? What What is the punishment he is facing? Oh, very ridiculous. The punishment he received was a very small fine. But his passport still still in the in the hands of the CCP. And uh, still, uh, uh, it's possible that uh, CCP will pursue more, uh, uh, more uh, punishment, uh, more conviction, such as colluding with the with the foreign power. That would be very severe. So he is not going to go to jail then. Right now, no. Just to, just to pay the fine. And uh, what, if anything, right. has the Vatican said in response to this news? No, right now nothing. But I can tell you what's surpri- What's breaking is what he said. What Cardinal Colonel Zen said. What did uh, he say when he was convicted that day, twenty fifth? What did he say? You gonna hear that? Yes, please. He said Cardinal Colonel Zen said on site that day, the conviction day. He said, "Listen," he said. Uh, I know the rest of the world is watching a cardinal. Uh, uh, this this has nothing to do with religious freedom. I am a part of the fund. This has not. Uh, this this is not a damage to Hong Kong religious freedom. Period. Period. Jimmy lies up next, right? Uh, he's uh, also going through a trial. Do we think he's going to get the same kind of fine, or do we think Jimmy Lai will end up in prison? Oh, Jimmy Lai is, uh, is, uh, is more severe. Jimmy Lai right now is in, is in jail, and he will receive the formal sentence early uh, next month, December. D- so you think he's going to end up in jail? Yes. Wow. Um, then there was this story that— You, you want to hear— You want? Well, we're down to a couple of minutes. You, you want to like- hear the, the comment— I would like you to address, uh, because we only have a few minutes left, uh, I would like you to address this story about China appointing a bishop to a diocese that the Vatican doesn't even recognize. What is the story there? Oh, the story you know, happened one day before Cardinal, Cardinal Zen's conviction. This happened. Beijing uh, broke the secret deal. With the with the Vatican, the, how we know this? Because uh, two days later, Rome, the Vatican, uh, expressed their uh, surprise and sorrow uh, over over Beijing's uh, uh, illegal installation of a legal bishop, of a legitimate bishop. It's an underground bishop, okay, uh, ordained by Pope Francis. Beijing installed by force installed this bishop to a illegal diocese wow. as an auxiliary bishop. So that's very weird. 
Acor- that's, that's what happened. According to the Catholic News Agency, they say, quote, the Holy See hopes that similar episodes will not be repeated, remains awaiting appropriate communications on the matter from the authorities, and reaffirms its full readiness to continue the respectful dialogue concerning all matters of common interest, close quote. Uh, if the Vatican is hoping that the, the Chinese government, the communist government, is going to play fair, play by the rules, then uh, this seems rather naive. Uh, why would we expect communists to uh, play according to the rules, and why would we have such a relationship thinking that they are going to do the right thing according to what we believe as Catholics? I don't know why. There's no zero reason for me to say we need to proceed with this, to, to, to negotiate with the CCP. There is a saying that, that communism is not to be negotiated, it is to be destroyed. And now CCP keeps testing, testing the bottom line of the world, bottom line of Rome. Uh, I think I think it may be a good thing. <laughs> CCP now exposed to their true face. Right. Uh, and I hope that uh, uh, Vatican will will react with the with the true uh, stance, with the truth. Hmm. Well, we're down to just uh, under a minute now, Jack. We're grateful for your time today. Thank you for uh, giving us some insight into these stories breaking out of China over the weekend. Uh, last thought, do you think uh, the church in China will, will continue to suffer here, or do you think the Vatican will wake up and begin to speak out boldly? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think Vatican will continue to. Uh, it's not easy for them to, uh, uh, to, to acknowledge their they they are wrong. I also want to say the Cardinal Zen's uh, that response, Cardinal Zen's words. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very weird. Uh, it's not. I don't. I don't believe it's from his heart. Well, let's continue to pray for His Eminence, Cardinal Zen, and all the Catholics that are in China and are having to deal with this. Many are feeling abandoned in the process. Let's pray for them. Jack, God bless you. God love you. Thank you for your time today. Coming up after the break, David Ramos, PCI Prinza, is going to be on talking about nativities in Mexico. All that and more. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most people think that rules apply to others but not to themselves? They always consider themselves to be the exception. But what ends up happening is that everybody is an exception, and so the rules don't apply to anybody. The result is something worse than chaos. It's a loss of all the categories of respect and justice. G.K. Chesterton says that when the exception has become the rule, that is the worst of all possible tyrannies. When the Cardinal, formerly known as Ratzinger, gave his final homily before the papal conclave, he said, we are living under the tyranny of relativism. What is relativism? It's when there are no rules, only exceptions. The man about to become Pope was echoing Chesterton exactly. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and now more headlines. CNA reports, that's Catholic News Agency for you, Vatican says China violated terms of agreement with bishop installation. A statement released on November 26 said that the Holy See noted with surprise and regret that Bishop Jean-Peng Weizhou had been installed as Auxiliary Bishop of Zhangji, a diocese that's not recognized by the Vatican. Peng's installation ceremony in Nanchang, China, did not occur in accordance with the spirit of dialogue and what was stipulated in the provisional agreement on the appointment of bishops on September 22, 2018, it said. The government appointed, or rather, the government approved Catholic Association, said Peng swore an oath at the installation ceremony to guide Catholicism to adapt to socialist society and contributed to the dream, and to contribute, rather, to the dream of the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. The Blaze reports Coast Guard rescue of cruise passenger who fell overboard for up to 15 hours hailed as a Thanksgiving miracle. Here's a little bit of good news here. Carnival Cruise Line said that the man was at a bar on the cruise ship until around 11 p.m. on Wednesday when he left to use the bathroom. He never returned. His sister assumed he went back to his room, but she later reported him missing the next day. The Coast Guard dispatched an MH-60 Jayhawk helicopter, a 45-foot response boat, and an HC-144 Ocean Sentry airplane to attempt to locate the man. The search extended for more than 200 miles in the Gulf of Mexico. At 8.25 p.m. on Thursday, the Jayhawk air crew spotted the man in the water. Video shows the man waving his arms to draw their attention. The Coast Guard crew were able then to rescue the man, who was responsive. The Coast Guard, who rescued him, later noted that 15 hours in open waters would be the absolute longest that he's ever heard about anyone surviving in his 17-year career, and that it was a Thanksgiving miracle that the overboard cruise passenger survived. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Boy, over the weekend, I uh, watched, I think it was two movies over the weekend. I watched some stuff over the weekend. Just two? I, and some, I watched some episodes of another series, but I turned it off because it just disgusted me and its wokeness. <laughs> uh, so I won't even mention that one. But uh, one of the movies was For Greater Glory. <sighs> I hadn't watched it in a while, and I thought... Good stuff. We're going to be talking about this on on Monday. So I watched it, and it is good stuff. There's only, like, one scene that I just kind of like, oh, they could have cut that, and it would have been fine. It just felt <laughs> a little too... The comedy scene. Stagey, set. What comedy scene? The one where uh, he's trying to listen to the priest's confession. He's trying to listen to the priest's confession. Nah. I don't remember that scene. It was cheesy to me. But anyway. I don't remember that scene. <laughs> no, anyway. Uh, great film, by the way. Great film. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, here's the question. Are we returning to the Caius Law time period, 1920s, 1930s in Mexico, where the uh, the government persecuted the church and it caused... Even a war to break out, and uh, the Vatican had to try to help negotiate the peace. Uh, well, there's a, a, there's an article out by CNA about prohibiting the activity scenes in Mexico, and this would be an attack on religious freedom there. And joining us now to discuss this is David Ramos from ACI Prensa. Good morning to you, David Ramos. Hi, good morning, everybody. Thank you for inviting me. Praise be to God, David. We're grateful for your time today. By the chance, by chance, have you seen the movie For Greater Glory? Yeah, yeah, of course. In the in the Spanish version, Cristiada, that's the name that we also know the the Cristiano War here in in Mexico and Latin America. Good yeah. film, right? Good film, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
St. Jose Sanchez del Rio, pray for us. Uh, what is yeah. going on in Mexico? Uh, it breaks my heart uh, to see uh, Mexico fall back in this way, uh, especially since Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to us there. What is the story of Mexico, and how likely are we to see a religious liberty persecution again? Yeah, well, Mexico has a long history of, of, of laicism here. So this is one yet uh, another try of, of imposing over the church, over the Catholic Church especially, uh, to silence the Catholic Church. Yeah, we, we could uh, go back to, to the state of war, but even more, the actual, the actual constitution of Mexico, the 1917 constitution, is what uh, with this, what, what sparkled the, the Cristero War, the, Cal, the Calles law in the first place, and then the Cristero War. And it's over a century ago of that constitution. And we can go back even to the second half of the 18th century, 19th century, I'm sorry. Uh, and we have the reforma, the reforma laws. So it's been a long time of persecution of, of uh, some kind of violence, uh, legal and even war violence uh, against the Catholic Church here in Mexico. And so I think that the real miracle here is from Our Lady of Guadalupe is that, uh, that the faith is still alive in, here in Mexico, even that the, that the government and some other uh, pieces of the society are fighting against our faith. Mm. It seems insane to me to think that Mexico, of all countries, could potentially ban images of the nativity scene. Um, do you think Mexican people would would be uh, tolerable of this? Do you think that they would go along with it if, if the uh, Supreme Court in their country says they're not allowed to have these images on display? Would they, would they just obey that? Hard to say. Uh... First of all, uh, Mexico, even even with the with the laws, uh, before 1992, here in Mexico, the Catholic Church uh, officially didn't exist. So, for more than half a century, uh, the Catholic people could live, could express their faith, but formally, officially, the Catholic Church didn't exist since uh, the the Calles law. The Catholic Church didn't exist till. 1992, so so long. So I think people could uh, uh, survive this law and pretend it doesn't. Well, this 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 sentence of the of the Supreme Court and pretend it doesn't exist because the faith in public spaces is so so important for the for the Catholic people here in Mexico that that you just can't erase that. Mm. You can't uh, uh, pretend. You can't place nativity scenes in, in, in the streets, in public spaces. You can pretend that uh, remove the, the Virgin of Guadalupe of the public spaces because you here in Mexico, you walk a couple of blocks and then you find a, a, a statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe or of St. Jude. So it's hard to say how the people in general is going to react but this uh, initiative, this, this sentence, uh, what it looks for is this, is that, that you don't have any chance to express your faith, your Catholic faith especially, 
in public spaces, in the streets. It, and it goes beyond uh, nativity scenes because this is going to f affect legally the, the I, I say, the, the status of, of Our Lady of Guadalupe in the streets, in the markets, uh, uh, peregrinations. This is going to affect every every expression of faith in public spaces in, in Mexico. Hmm. Mr. Ramos, you know, from what I've read, it's my understanding that this law that's being uh, decided upon in the Supreme Court would only affect uh, Yucatan. Is that correct? Yeah. In the first place, this is a this is a lawsuit uh, that affects uh, just uh, three three municipalities, three ayuntamientos mm -hmm. in the Yucatan state, but this would be just there if if it was a local a local court but the supreme court has this power to to bring to them the this kind of lawsuits and if they uh, fail uh yeah they they just have effect right now for these three municipalities hmm. but is the supreme court so every other judge in the country is going to say, hey, the Supreme, in any case that looks like this, yeah. it's going to say, hey, the Supreme Court said this in that case. So I have to fail accordingly to that to that uh, sentence of the Supreme Court. Right. So Here. yeah, in Here. the beginning, it's going to affect three, three places, three cities. But uh, this is just the, the beginning of it. Yeah, definitely. That's I mean, here in the United States, we call that legal precedent. So, uh, you know, with yeah. the Supreme Court would decide something and then they reference it in different uh, different cases as well. But I'm wondering, uh, do, do you know uh, who brought this this uh, this case up to the, the court in the in the first place? Was it uh, an organization of atheists? Was it uh, just a regular uh, group of people who, who, who brought this case up to them? It's an NGO, but it's not exactly some kind of 80s uh, NGO is just some kind of, of human rights NGO. Interesting. At, at least that's what looks like, right? But uh, the this this trying uh, of 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 license is kind of suspicious. But formally, it's an it's an human rights NGO. We're down to uh, just a few seconds here before we end up going to a, a network break. We're talking with David Ramos, who is with ACI Prensa. And we're talking about the story out of Mexico and the grander implications of what this means for the future of Mexico. Is Mexico basically become a secular state, just like the United States and other parts of the West? Uh, and that is especially troubling given the fact that Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared there in 1531 and converted millions having uh, defeated the worship of Satan himself there in the Aztec Empire. So, golly gee whiz, are we backsliding here? Are we looking at another round of, of anti-clerical laws? I don't know. We're going to continue this conversation with David Ramos right after the break. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has an on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Coming up at uh, the top of the next hour, for those of you that can join us, Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be our guest. We're going to be talking about His Eminence Cardinal Betchew, a secret phone call that he recorded, or his family member recorded of him speaking to the Pope, was played in court in Vatican and we're going to be talking about that story, so do join us if you can. David Ramos is our guest right now. He is with ACI Prensa. We're talking about the story out of Mexico. Prohibiting nativity scenes is a potential there in the Yucatan Peninsula. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Ramos. We're very grateful for your time today. Uh, I keep going back to this notion that uh, Our Lady appeared in Mexico, not only for Mexico, but for all of the Americas, praise be to God, converting millions after having defeated the Aztec Empire. I mean, uh, the the Spanish landed in Yucatan first, the Mayan Mayan stronghold there, but they were sacrificing humans. They were worshiping the devils, uh, and uh, their first contact was in this peninsula. So I find that very symbolic, and right now I'm actually rereading one of my favorite books from Warren Carroll, God Rest His Soul, on the conquest of Mexico and Our Lady of Guadalupe, and I'm rereading the story of Hernán Cortés's uh, conquest of trying to defeat the devil himself, and how adamant he was, first and foremost, his highest priority was to convert these people into the Catholic faith and to defeat this worship of Satan. And yet we see this very same country, it seems to me, from the outside looking in, that there is a spiritual war for the soul of the Mexican people. Uh, how do you see it, Mr. Ramos? Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and in the in the latter years, it's been really tougher uh, for for religious liberty here. Just last year, uh, two priests and uh, two cardinals were uh, they they just they were. Um, I, I wouldn't say convicted, but they, they were sanctioned, they were kind of fined uh, because the state understood, uh, uh, an electoral court understood that they were uh, for saying, well, before you vote, pray, before you vote, you have to think about who candidates are against abortion, and candidates are pro-abortion, and to say stuff like that, they were practically fined um, uh, like that, so and to cardinals, not not just to priests, to cardinals. The state has this 
this power here in Mexico, and they have this this notion of separation between a religion because Catholic Church and a state. So it's it's really hard to understand, even in Latin America. Latin America, just like Mexico, is pretty Catholic. But here in Mexico, you can be Catholic, and especially if you're a priest, you can be in danger of what you're saying to the to the people. You have to be really careful of not sounding too political when you speak to the mm. people, because that could be fine. That could be that could put you in some legal troubles here in Mexico. And even if you're not a, a priest, if you're a, I don't know an authority, a, a, a major, a major, a, a, gover a governor, um, you have to be really careful of not looking that you're. Uh, favoring some religion, especially Catholic religion, because if you, I don't know, if you are going to celebrate your election, going to mass, that could be understood like you are uh, in a violation of the separation of the of the church and state, the constitutional principle of, of church and state, of separation of church and state. So it's kind of it's kind of of tricky to live our faith publicly here in Mexico. It's legal. If you say, but uh, it's not that that easy in the public sphere. Wow, it boggles my mind, David. It really does. It makes me uh, just uh, depressed, almost sad to hear this because because of Our Lady. Uh, I mean, she, would she want her bishops? Would she want her her sons, the priests, to be so careful? I mean, uh, one of the things I loved about reading Bernal Diaz's journal recounting Hernán Cortés's campaign in Mexico in 1519 was the very first encounter when they climbed the chief temple there in Cactus Rock in Mexico City for the first time and encountered these Aztec priests who had been sacrificing humans all morning. And they went into the sinner's temple to see the, the demons, the the idols there, and uh, and their desire at that very instant to do something bold, to risk something for God in the face of this, and they did. They did. Overwhelming odds. You know, they were outnumbered by tens of thousands, and it did not stop Hernan Cortez's desire to defeat Satan in this place. And yet today, as you just said, the bishops and the priests play it safe. They're very careful. It would seem to me that there is a tremendous amount at stake right now. Why would yep, the, because well, go ahead? You could you could you could lose your 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 official existence if you violate this constitutional principle. So yeah, yeah, you have to. And and thus, uh, as I told you, this is not something new for for the Mexican people for the Mexican Catholic Church. Because you have to understand that it's over a century of of not always exactly a persecution, but yeah, limitations. As I told you, before 1992, the Catholic Church officially didn't exist in Mexico. There's a there's a story I've 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 heard many times from different and really good sources that when Saint John Paul II came to Mexico for the first time in 1979. He obviously came here with clerical clothes, right? He's the Pope. But he came first, just kind of a tourist, because Mexico couldn't officially recognize him as a head of the state. Uh, I'm sorry. And 
he was fined, formally fined, for wow. wearing clerical clothes. <laughs> the story goes a little different. Who, who tells you too? But uh, some people say the, the archbishop paid the fine. Some people say the president of president of Mexico paid the fine. But he was what is real is that he was fined for wearing clerical clothes, for wearing like the Pope here in Mexico in 1979. Not not uh, not 1926 for the Cristero War. 1979. So it's it's really Mexico is suffering from this laicism, from this criteria of separation of church and state, that uh, tough separation, that uh, is is uh, as I told you, it's a long a long history of mm-hmm. of this of this struggling between between our faith in the public spaces. It seems to me also that as you mentioned in the last segment, it's not just Mexico, but it's Latin America. Uh, which was predominantly a, a Catholic, uh, of course, Brazil being, I think, the largest Catholic population. I think we said that uh, last week we were, were going through these countries. Uh, but at the same time, it seems to me that these Catholics in these countries are becoming more secular in nature and less religious in nature. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I, I think that the secular is, is, is affecting every single country in the world. But what I find uh, interesting in the Mexico case is that, well, I'm from Peru, and I know uh, uh, some other countries in Latin America, and we are pretty religious. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're being kind of defeated by secularists. So in Peru, you could say no more than 60% uh, declares himself Catholic, right? But here in Mexico, you, you still find over 70 almost 80% of people saying they're Catholic. So I really find miracles because uh, you have this over a century of no religion in schools, in public schools. Uh, you have this uh, persecution, these restrictions to the religious freedom. And yet there's still over a 70% of people that says, hey, I'm still Catholic. That's kind of, of interesting for a Latin America perspective because you can find any other countries in Latin America that uh, they are Catholic in majority yet, but they don't have these numbers of people saying they're they're Catholics. So that is is interesting. I really say that that's kind of a miracle for Lady of Guadalupe because with no uh, with no Virgin of Guadalupe here in Mexico, I I would really think that that number would be twenty percent or less. Do you think it's possible that? Uh, the situation could deteriorate to the point where we might have to see uh, the average Catholic in Mexico stand up in a more aggressive way, similar to what the Cristeros had to do in the 1920s and 1930s. And I wonder how many Catholics in Mexico even know the Cristero history anymore, since they don't teach it in schools. Yeah, the first question, I hope no. I hope hope it, it, it doesn't get there. Because it would be it would be really hard to to see uh, that that uh, that kind of war that kind of sacrifice of people like in the Crusader war that persecution because even more that people dying in war it was kind of more of a persecution of people hundreds or thousands of people killed by the by the government in that time and 
the second uh, sorry I, I was i was thinking just about the, the well just the here. history the the fact that uh, i believe most uh catholics in mexico do not even really know the history of the cristeros because it's yeah, lost it w- to them it's no it's their great great grandfathers now and they've lost that and they don't teach it in school not not just that that's that's the the last part is the is the is the tricky one because what, who started to talk about the Cristero War was a French historian who came to live in Mexico. Wow. And he was studying the history of Mexico. And he said, wait, wait, there's this chapter of the, of the history of Mexico that no one is talking about. So he had this, this book, Cristiada, and that's when the, the story began to, to, to come again to, to life. And the people were saying, okay, my, my grandfather was there, my uncle was there. Because this is almost the 70s, 70s or 80s, I guess. Um, before that, you most of the people in Mexico didn't remember what was the Cristero War. That's why movies like uh, For Greater Glory are so important uh, for the Catholics, because they give us some memory of what happened there and some kind of interest of, okay, these, these, these people, what happened? I, I, myself, I, as I told you, I, I, will, I live in Mexico the last four years of my life, but before that, I understand. I understood that there was this Cristero War, but you don't understand mm. how much is is it as uh, until you deep in you, you dive deep in yeah. the in the story. All right, we are out of time with Mr. David Ramos, head of the ACI Prince Office in Mexico. Grateful for your insight today. God bless you. God love you, David. Thank you for your time. God bless you, everyone. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us in hour number two, Tito Edwards will be on to talk about Cardinal Becciu's story coming out of the Vatican. It's going to be our only second hour that's going to be normal all week long. Due to share across the GRN, support your Catholic radio station. Catholic Radio was there for me when I needed it. Even though I didn't think I needed it, it was there for me. I want everybody to know that I'm giving not so that I can sit there and say that I gave to GRN for any other reason but this. I want that radio station to be there for anyone else who needs it also. They may not think they need it, but it's going to be there for them, whether it's in the future, whether it's right now. I want that radio station to always be there for them, just like it was there for me. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Sometimes it can seem that our family life is humdrum, monotonous, and insignificant. But Christ began his public ministry at the wedding at Cana. When we read this account in the gospel, we're reminded that our marriage, our ordinary family life, is important to God. Our Lord and Our Lady love our families, and they are present with us. They desire to change what is ordinary into the extraordinary. The Lord can take our simple and everyday tasks and make them holy. Like the servants at the wedding at Cana, we need to notice when we run out of wine, when we run out of joy, when we run out of love. It is then that we turn to Our Lady and ask for her help. She can bring Christ into our lives, our ordinary water, and transform it into wine. And when we invite Christ into our lives to transform us, He creates the best wine of all. For more advice, ideas, and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. 
Donnie, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, you are the rock upon which I will build my church? St. Peter. And who is the current pope? Pope Francis. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com. I'm Father Jim Murphy from St. Thomas High School. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Coming up, praise be to God, Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be on with us in just a little bit. Going to talk about that Cardinal Betchew news coming out of the Vatican. It made, made all the headlines. Secret recorded phone calls. What was happening there? We're going to get that information. Plus, at 15 past the hour, we're going to play our game show, Fear and Trembling. But today is the day where... We're going to give out prizes. It's a, it's a short, it's a special, how do I say this? It's not usual. This week is unusual. And uh, no, I'm not talking just about Adrian either. Uh, <laughs> of course he is unusual. He's especially unusual today. Uh, but pray for Adrian's health. How are you feeling over there, Adrian? Awful. Awful. I feel like uh, someone's <laughs> driving a screwdriver into my head right now. Sounds normal. Yeah, this is my normal state. It's just uh, a larger screwdriver than usual, though. I thought we used to refer to this as college. No, no, college was easy, dude. (laughs) Compared to this, easy. (laughs) I do not handle sickness well. Well, so hopefully, hopefully, you're going to feel better soon. But nonetheless, nonetheless, we are going to have our game show because it's Sherathon Week here across the Guadalupe Radio Network, which means you get an opportunity to do something amazing, and you get to join the team and be a part of. Sharing the good, the true, and the beautiful all across the GRN through your generous contributions. We are 100% listener-funded, brought to you by you. You make it possible for me to get out of bed at 3 a.m. Uh, I'd love to say these guys get out of bed, th- bed at 3 a.m., but it's not true. They don't. It's, it's just, that's just the way it is. 3.45. I, however, get out of bed early uh, just so that I can be here, so that we can bring you the latest information and unique perspective and interesting conversation and you make that possible. So I can't say thank you enough for your generosity. And do consider making a contribution to your local GRN radio station starting tomorrow, 7 a.m., which means our second hour is not going to be normal for the rest of the week. We're going to go into uh, Sherathon mode, and we will be on, I think it's at 9 a.m., uh, a Central, 10 Eastern, all across the GRN for our second hour during Sherathon. Today is the only normal second hour. That means game show, who, whoever jumps on the phone line is going to be our contestant. So you, it's, it's a guarantee that you're probably going to get prizes if you just simply call in when I give you the phone number. So be on standby for that. Otherwise, we do have an after show lined up for you. And uh, praise be to God, we'll you know, talk about your Thanksgiving, whatever you want to talk about. I did release some content. I was able to get caught up a little bit. On uh, on editing some of the video footage and uh, and whatnot that I had from my parish mission back in October in New Hampshire, 
So I released some of that. I'll share that with you. Plus, I'll share just how bad the cheating was and the food situation for me and what that did to my body. It almost, uh, almost wrecked me. But nonetheless, a lot coming your way in this hour. Praise be to God. Uh, I was glad to catch up with David Ramos because I've been rereading Warren Carroll's book on, uh, I think I'm going to make it an annual tradition. I think I've been doing hmm. the last couple of years, is reading this book just before the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December the 12th. And I want to kind of do something special. So I'm considering filming a multi-million dollar documentary on the life of Hernan Cortez. <laughs> can I get you to contribute to that? Or uh, Yeah, uh, we can talk mm-hmm. about that after mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to cut me a big check so I can yeah. make, the, make the documentary film we'll, of a lifetime? We'll make sure to, to uh, budget for that. I think instead of just recreating all the scenes that are necessary, I'm just going to buy Apocalypto from Mel Gibson. And just reuse those. It's an old movie. I mean, how much could it be worth? Right, right exactly. <laughs> totally, uh, totally amazing, though, Apocalypto. Real gut-wrenching film to get through, but nonetheless, great Mel Gibson. I saw that nearly a year ago when I first started working for the GRN. You, that was the first time you'd ever seen it? Yes, and I saw it at like 3 in the morning because I was sick with COVID. What? And my whole sleeping schedule was wrecked. So I was, I was up, and that's how I got used to waking up at 2 in the morning when I was working from California. And the other, Praise be to God. The crazy thing is Apocalypto doesn't even actually touch, the, even scratch the surface of how bad things were. Uh, in Bernal Diaz's yeah. journal, they before they even got to Cactus Rock, they would encounter uh, villages that were doing human sacrifices, and they counted the human skulls. They had buildings made of human skulls. Wow. And they counted well north of 150,000 human skulls that were used in the construction of these buildings. Unbelievable. You know, so... Uh, there, in one, in the dedication of the main temple, over 80,000 humans were sacrificed on a four-day stretch, nonstop, 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a rough deal. So, uh, yikes. It would be ho- it'd be horrible to see Mexico slide back into the Plutarco Calles types of uh, laws there. So let's pray for them. Let's pray for the faithful in, in Mexico. Joining us now via Zoom chat is our good friend Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com. Good morning to you, Tito. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Rudy. Good morning, Adrian. I hope you're feeling better. Praise How be is God. everyone doing? We are alive and that counts. Early. <laughs> now, <laughs> how was your Thanksgiving, Tito? Delicious. Was I had it? an overabundance of turkey and I stayed awake. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. Hey, by the way, do you follow uh, the World Cup? Are you a World Cup guy? Not so much. I'm in a World Cup pool, and for some odd and strange reason, my soccer picks are doing pretty well. <laughs> Who are your soccer picks? Uh, I just, Alvarez. I, I see England <laughs> and uh, Argentina, and Argentina really saved me by finally winning a game. Messi got, got threatened by a Mexican boxer by the name of Canelo because he... He he appeared to kick a Mexican jersey on the fl- uh, locker room floor. I, I saw that. I thought it was something more egregious, but that <laughs> looks like it was uh, inadvertent and not in- intended to be what the boxer says it was. Say that. I think to, it's just tell that to Canelo. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a buy-in. I mean, I don't think he cares. I think yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell that to the pound-for-pound <laughs> pound greatest boxer right. of our time. Oh, I- in his presence, I'm sure I'd feel his pain one way or another. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's switch over to some stories you've got linked up at BigPulpit.com today. 
Uh, big stories coming out of the Vatican over the weekend. Cardinal Becciu, in his uh, ongoing court battle in the Vatican, um, apparently the prosecution, not the defense team, but the prosecution played a recording of a phone call between Cardinal Becciu and His Holiness Pope Francis. And uh, apparently Becciu's relative recorded this conference. What is the deal here with this very secretive, mysterious phone call? Betsy is in is on trial for uh, some real London real estate deals that he got caught up in, and uh, somehow in this it's a it's a very complicated case. But uh, he brought in testimony from Pope Francis, secretly recording unbeknownst to Pope Francis, uh, approving a loan to. Uh, to bail out a nun uh, kidnapped by Islamists in Mali. And uh, his brother, I believe, was, I really don't, I know it was a relative that was recording the phone call on a speakerphone. And that's just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. I, I thought I knew what was going on, but just reading in the weeds, this is bad. Well, that's the, that's the interesting question here. Number one, did His Holiness not know he was being recorded? Number two, why would Betsy record phone calls between him and the Pope? Seems a bit like a setup uh, in some ways. Uh, number three, why would the prosecution be the one playing this interview and not the defense team if Betsy is the one who recorded it? All valid points. Uh, number one... Uh, I believe Pope Francis was unaware uh, that he was being recorded. Uh, number two, uh, well, I can't remember what your number two well, was. Well, what does it say about uh, Betchi that he would record conversations between him and the Pope? I mean, I think that's very interesting, right? Like, uh, this guy is, is, you know, CYA. He's covering his bases here. He is recording conversations. It's like it feels like a setup in some ways. It it is just icky. I don't icky. I can't. I. I it, it's very. It's disgusting to even believe anyone a friend would record me, but to have a prince of the church, a man who who serve is a servant uh, servants, meaning Cardinal Beccio. Uh, a, a man who's supposed to, who's a priest in Imago Dei, uh, record uh, a, a, a secret recording of the Pope in a trial that he's in trouble with, mm. and it just it just feels dirt. That's the word. It is dirty all the way around, and when I mean all the way around, all the way around for Cardinal Betro. Yeah. That it, it, it does not. And to, and he's complain, he was complaining. He wanted to clear his name so he could become pope. Nobody who becomes a priest aspires to be the pope. They aspire to serve. Yeah. So that gives his mindset is that of a careerist, of a clericist, clericist, not that of a person who wants to serve the laity. So I, yeah, that, I found that's that just, troubling. Yeah, it's wrong on a, on, those, on a couple of levels. So it is just he does not look good at all. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what could transpire later in the trial to vindicate what he does, but uh, it, it does not ever look good for anyone secretly recording someone else against their knowledge. Now, what's interesting is, of course, secular press picked this story up, and uh, you know, it was characterized as a secret 
phone call, uh, this sort of mysterious, very secretive, shadowy type of phone call between Cardinal Vecchio and His Holiness. But according to the transcript, because if, if I'm not mistaken, nobody outside the court has actually heard the recording. Again, played by the prosecution, not by the defense team. You would think this would have been played by the defense team to support their case, but it wasn't. It was the prosecution who played this. So I have to believe if the prosecution is playing this recording, then they they did so because it doesn't actually make the Pope look bad. And when you look at the transcript of the call, the Pope doesn't say anything, I think, that is really scandalous or, or troubling in any way. In fact, he's very, I would say, very slick in the sense he's like, listen, bet you, you put in writing anything you want the Pope to to verify. Like, like he almost ca- it's almost like he understood, like or caught him a little bit. What do you? How do you see that? Yeah, I, the, the Pope comes comes away clean on on this one, and that it, it just first of all, it's to to, to uh, give ransom money to free a nun. So what could be wrong? Uh, uh, as an American, yes, we don't pay ransoms for for Islamists, but uh, as a humane and charitable act, you want to save this nun from the terrorists. So, I, I him approving that, I don't see how it could. Uh, it, Pope Francis looks good <laughs> in in this series uh, on this tape recording. So, uh, there's there's a there's some background to this that makes it even worse. But uh, for Cardinal Becho, so yeah, yeah. You also have a Pillar article linked up at BigPulpit.com. Beccio could have been Pope. Lawsuit dismissed. He's been suing some of these outlets because he doesn't like the press he's been getting. And one of his lawsuits got tossed out, and he's now forced to pay their legal fees. That doesn't look good either. Yes, that's the second of two lawsuits that has been tossed out. Uh, one of them was he, was he was trying to intimidate a witness and... Was uh, Perloska uh, is his name, and uh, that got thrown out. And the, and the one prior to that, he had a spy. He was paying a spy in the Vatican Bank, and that got thrown out also. So um, this could be another 15, 30 minutes of discussion because there's, there's some more things in here that just makes it filthy and dirty. And, and, and yeah. nothing's ever – I mean, when it comes to money, if you're not, if you're not on the straight and narrow – one one deviation and and uh, you really do not look good and that is that is being charitable to Cardinal Bechow. Well, this is we're almost out of time, but let me just say this though: I thought His Holiness was elected by the cardinals with the intended purpose of reforming the Curia. Yet Bechow is still a cardinal. Bechow still has the red hat. Bechow still gets invited to cardinal gatherings and gets an input. What in the world? Why would we do this? This doesn't seem to make much sense to me at all. No, it doesn't. After after news came out of Cardinal Bechow and the, and the international pressure, uh, Pope Francis removed uh, all the privileges to the cardinalate for Bechow. And then on Holy Thursday of Easter week, uh, he reinstated many of his privileges and on Holy Thursday had a private meeting with Bechow. So it, it just... Some are speculating. Some are speculating that Betchu has a file, kind of like Hoover had a file on everybody. Uh, yes. It makes you wonder how how he's able to keep his status in spite of all of this insane stuff. But we're just about out of time, and all of this is linked up 
at bigpulpit.com. A huge Monday edition as usual, but you can find lots of uh, articles over there. They'll give you some more insight into all of this. God bless you. God love you. Tito Edwards. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Rudy. Get better, Adrian. Yeah, praise be to God. All right. Time to go to a break. Go to bigpulpit.com. Check out his articles. Really good stuff. Highly recommend it. But we'll catch up with Tito next week. The rest of this week is uh, share a So again, make sure to support your local GRN radio station with your financial contribution this year. Makes a difference for us. But we're going to play a game and give out prizes. All that coming up after the break. First caller gets to be practically the winner at 877-757-9424. Call now, 877-757-9424. Be right back. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false God does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false God when we call our Father in heaven God. And there is a true Queen of Heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12, verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true Queen of Heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary, we honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the King, then Mary is truly the Queen Mother of Heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. A Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas that you can't tell anybody. At least not today. Tomorrow, it's fine. Tell everybody tomorrow. But today, you got to keep it between us. And uh, there are a few things we'd like to do on the download, the QT. And number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something you didn't know before. But I'm going to be honest with you. You may learn one thing today, but I bet everything else you probably know. Uh, number two, we like to have a laugh. 
We like to have a good time, and our callers laugh with us, and we enjoy that most. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means we uh, incentivize everybody to participate because you could learn, you could laugh, and you could win. It's that easy. The kicker is, the secret sauce in all of this is, I do not ask the caller the questions, so they don't need to know. They may not know a single correct answer, but could still win the game. And uh, that's because I will ask Adrian, I will ask Rudy, one of which will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup at Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, today's the, we're, it's a short game. Praise be to God. Today and today only. Today. So what are we going to give? We're giving away the, the statue devil. behind you. Oh, that one. Can we give that one away? You think um, Jesus will mind? Well, that's not the devil. No. But you know what is? The devil and Belladad. Oh, we're going to give the book away. One woman's struggle against communism and her redemption. We interviewed uh, Dr. Paul Kengor about this book uh, twice. Uh, once, well, two, last week and then the week before. Easy for you is to that say. that right? I, I was trying to think. Did we do it in the same week? I don't think so. Dude, it, was, it was two separate weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful conversation. Go onto our YouTube channel and find those interviews with Dr. Paul Kengor. They are fantastic. And Amen. I would recommend you pick up this book. Yeah. But it was written by Mary A. Nichols and Dr. Paul Kengor. And we're giving this one away today to whoever calls in. All right. Well, praise be to God. Let's uh, see who who the winner, I mean, the contestant is. Good morning to you, Kim and Tony. Good morning. We haven't heard from you guys in a while. Praise be to God. How are you? We're, we're doing really good. Thank you. Awesome. How was Thanksgiving? Fulfilling. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, favorite favorite food? Like what? What Tony? What did you like most about Thanksgiving meal? Um, I like the um, the um, the big smoked turkey. Ooh, Ooh. smoked turkey. That's even better. Yeah. I'm going to have to go home and ask my wife why my turkey was not smoked. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's pretty fancy <laughs> stuff, smoked turkey. Uh, it, it was. Now, uh, so what about the side dishes there, Tony? Do you like, ma- What kind of a guy are you? Do you like mashed potatoes or like, uh, are you into like the, uh, what, what is that, uh, the pink stuff, the... Uh, Cranberry the stuff. Like the cranberry sauce or cranberry <laughs> gelatin or whatever that's. Pink stuff. What do you call that? Like, what do you like for a side dish there, Tony? Are you talking about Spam? <laughs> um, I like um, all of it. All of it. Praise good answer. We're great answer. Good well, right, praise be to God. Well, we're glad you're back. It's good to hear your voice again. Now, are you ready to play? Yes. Let's do this. Smoked turkey. All right. So jealous. Wish I had smoked turkey. All right, uh, Rudy, did you have smoked turkey? <sighs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I had okay. honey roasted turkey. Ooh, honey roasted. <laughs> Sounds good, too. All right, <clears throat> let's play the game. Uh, we're going to start with the Rudy Carlos, as is our, our custom here. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me who was the only pope to write his memoirs? Yes, this Pope, he was a quite a bit of a journalist. He was, he? was uh, very fond of sitting down at the end of the night writing out Dear Diary. <laughs> Today, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, I was Pius II. Was it? Yeah. Pius numeral two. Numeral two. Dose. Dose, yep. Si- the second. Yep. Dear Diary, today I poked. That's it. That's all I did today. <laughs> 
was poked. Yeah. My cardinal right-hand man, he betrayed me. He recorded me with a scribe. I had him excommunicated. Anyway, uh, let's go with uh, Adrian and see what Adrian has to say today. Adrian, are you still alive over there? No. No. All right. Well, while you're not alive, could, uh-huh. you, could you help me with this question? Yes. Who was the only pope to write his memoir? Yes, as someone who is uh, answering from beyond the grave, because <laughs> I'm currently dead. <laughs> I, have like talked, I have talked to the, uh, to the popes. You have? Yes, I have. All of them? All of them. Amazing. And it was actually Pope John the 24th. Really? Mm-hmm. The 20, 20, what was it? 24th. The 24th, got it. Okay, John the 24th. I was going to go with Cletus, but okay. Nah. Uh, Cletus sounds like a guy who would journal. I doubt it. Uh, I doubt he even had paper. (laughs) (laughs) Chisel, stone, uh, papyri. Anyway, uh, here we go, Kim and Tony. Is it what Adrian says? He's on the board for Pope John the 24th, whereas Rudy says Pius II. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Kim and Tony in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. What say you? No curveball. I'm going with Adrian. No, go the other way. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tony, my friend. I'm, I feel bad, Tony. I feel like I... Well, I didn't let you down. Adrian did, technically. There is but, no Pope John the 24th. Yeah, there is no John the 24th. Not yet. Though there is two John the 23rd. I was going to say there were two 23rds, but one no of which was not a Pope. Yeah, one was an anti to be, and the other one was. But nonetheless, John the 24th is not correct. Uh, Pius II, believe it or not, is. Yeah, it's 1400s. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of kind of interesting. I mean, Pope said journal. Um, who knew? But Pius II is the correct answer. We're going to get you in on this prize, I'm sure. The good sure. news is they only need one to win. Exactly. This is so easy. All right. We're going to go with Adrian first on this one. And uh, I know Adrian is an expert in marriage and weddings. It's true. Uh, which is weird for a single guy. But nonetheless, uh, could you tell me who must be present at a Catholic wedding besides the engaged couple, which is important that they're there. It I is important argue. that the engaged couple is there, which yeah. is actually a legitimate concern because <laughs> they used to try to marry people. Not around? When they were not around. What are they, they Mormons? What are they, Wolf? No, it was uh, because they were marrying people from other countries, so they had people standing in for them. But no. This is like Avatar. Yes, it's like Avatar, except not at all like it. Wild. The only person you need besides the engaged couple mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. one altar server. That's it? That's it. Just one altar mm-hmm. server. It's true. Does he have to be the MC or could he be like a torchbearer? Well, he's he's just the, uh, he just called the, the server. The, the crucifer? Could no, he just be just the, the server. Okay. All right. So no specificity <laughs> no. on the level of, of serving. Okay. Uh, so just the altar server. Rudy, maybe you could help here. Could you tell me who must be present at a Catholic wedding in addition to the engaged couple? This takes me back to an almost illicit wedding. I'll tell you about that in the after show. But what's required? Yeah, I really should write it down. My big, fat, illicit wedding. I should journal it. You should. But basically all you need is a priest and two witnesses. Oh, really? Yep. So in addition to the couple, you're saying a priest and two witnesses. That's right. Fascinating. Reminds me of Matthew 18. All right, Kim and Tony, who is right here? Is it uh, Rudy, who says a priest and two witnesses? Or is it Adrian, who says, eh, the server, that's all you need. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Kim and Tony, what say you? Team Rudy. 
You're just going to go. Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> yeah, an altar Whoa! server. Come on. I, wish we, I, I kind of wish we had all the servers at our wedding. We didn't. Yeah, we... Uh, that would have been cool. I think we had a couple. Did you? Interesting. All right. Pretty penny there. Pretty penny to pay those guys off. All right. Uh, let's go with the question. You're, you could win. You don't even need to answer this next question because you're already a winner. Uh, but let's do it anyway. We're going to go back to Rudy. Rudy, could you tell me, what is lustral water? Lustral water comes untouched by man. Does it? From the springs uh-huh. of Lords. Really? And Lourdes is what you're saying. Some might say Fiji water, but actually, no, it's Lourdes. It's water from Lourdes. All right. Adrian, maybe you could help. What is lustral water? Yes, lustral water is just holy water. From Fiji? No. Um, No? No. From a priest. Straight up holy water. The best holy water water is just Fiji water that's blessed. No. No. (laughs) Okay. It's just holy water. Adrian, you're saying just holy water, any priest can make it. Does it need to be Fiji water? Got it. In fact, okay. it's probably better if it's not. <laughs> probably better if it's not. <laughs> All right, uh, Kim and Tony, it's a fun question. You don't need to get this one right to win the game because you already won. But Adrian says lustral water is holy water. It doesn't matter where it comes from. Whereas Rudy is convinced it uh, must come from either Lourdes or Fiji. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who is wrong? Kim and Tony, what say you? The biggest era of the year, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you don't win more just because you admit Adrian's correct. Come Actually, on. he wins twice now. <laughs> it's uh, the double win. Lost for water is holy water. Congratulations. Doesn't actually matter where it comes from. Although Fiji is a great All place. Right. I like Fiji. Fiji's great. Praise be to God. Kim and Tony, it's Tony good to good to hear your voices. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Thanks for playing our game again. Thank you. We're yeah. gonna put you guys on hold. That's gonna do it for the radio side of today's show. I remember Shareathon starts tomorrow. Please support the Guadalupe Radio Network. It means the world to us. We'll see you in the after show. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate Monday of the first week of Advent. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Please join in singing our opening song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. 
exile fear until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Keep us alert, we pray, O Lord our God, as we await the advent of Christ your Son, so that when he comes and knocks, he may find us watchful in prayer and exultant in his praise, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. On that day, the branch of the Lord will be luster and glory, and the fruit of the earth will be honor and splendor for the survivors of Israel. He who remains in Zion and he who is left in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone marked down for life in Jerusalem. When the Lord washes away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purges Jerusalem's blood from her midst, with a blast of searing judgment. Then will the Lord create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over her place of assembly a smoking cloud by day and a light of flaming fire by night. For over all, the Lord's glory will be shelter and protection, shade from the parching heat of the day, refuge and cover from storm and rain. The word of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. I rejoiced because they said to me, We will go up to the house of the Lord. And now we have set foot within your gates, O Jerusalem. Let us go, Let us rejoicing, go rejoicing to the, to the house, house of, of the Lord. Lord. 
Jerusalem, built as a city with compact unity. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. According to the decree for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. In it are set up judgment seats, seats for the house of David. Let us us go go rejoicing to the the house house of the Lord. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you prosper. May peace be within your walls, prosperity in your buildings. Let us go rejoicing to the the house of of the Lord. Lord. Because of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will pray for your good. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Come and save us, Lord our God. Let your face shine upon us that we may be saved. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus entered Capernaum, A centurion approached him and appealed to him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, suffering dreadfully. He said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion said in reply, Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man subject to authority, with soldiers soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, Go, and he goes. And to another, come here, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to his following, to those following him, Amen, I say to you, in no one in Israel have I found such faith. I say to you, many will come from the east and the west and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The readings today present us with the Lord who, in the Old Testament, of course, was purifying his people, preparing his people for the Lord to come. And Jesus really sums it up in the very end of the, of the Gospel today when he says, Many will come from the east and the west and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. The Lord is calling all those east and west, north and south, into his family, into his uh, his communion with him. That first reading talks about the branch of the Lord being luster and glory. That's a beautiful image. Luster, brightness, uh, being illustrious, shiny. In fact, I remember when I was studying geology, one of the properties that you look at when minerals was their luster, that is, their ability to reflect light. So something like pyrite would reflect a lot more light than another mineral, which is dull. But the luster, 
with, with the lustres, that glory of God, the shininess, the brightness of God, when we come into his glory, or into we, we see his glory, it sort of strikes us as we, it sort of blinds us by, we're blinded by the light. We have a kind of luster purge. His glory purges us, purifies us, readies us for his coming. Because that is what happens in the season of Advent. The Lord wishes to really purify us by his glory so that we become more radiant, that we reflect his light more fully and more brightly. That comes about in a particular way through an increase of faith, the same kind of faith that this centurion had. Jesus says he was amazed at this man's faith in a way very simple, but it really brought out something that we too should have in terms of faith, and that is when we ask the Lord for something that we truly trust that he has the power and the glory to accomplish it, if it is according to his will. The centurion asked the Lord in a very humbling way to come to, to cure his servant. And the Lord says, I will come, but the centurion has those very powerful words, words that we repeat in the Eucharist every time before we receive communion. Lord, I am not worthy to have you enter under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. We say that my soul may be healed, may be purged, cleansed, ready to receive the Lord in Holy Communion that we may radiate his brightness more perfectly. I am not worthy, but just say the word, Lord. Just say the word. You do not have to come, but you just say the word, and that is enough. For I know that you have the power and the glory to accomplish all that you will. May we have that same faith, especially during this Advent season, as we await in joyful hope the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is coming. And by his glory, that luster, he will purify us to prepare us to receive him more perfectly and to shine more brightly his radiance and glory. Amen. As we await with longing the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, dear brothers and sisters, let us with renewed devotion beseech his mercy, that as he came into the world to bring the good news to the poor and heal a contrite of heart, so in our own time also he may bring salvation to all in need. Let us pray that Christ may visit his holy church and keep watch over her always. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer that under the protection of Christ, our times may be peaceful. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That Christ may banish disease, drive out hunger, and ward off every affliction. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That Christ may find us watching when he comes. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray in a special way through the word that has been given to us for an increase of faith. An increase of faith that the luster and glory of God may shine more brightly in our life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the intentions of those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio. We pray for all their family and friends and all their needs. We pray too for all those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory. They may rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. 
almighty ever-living God, who brings salvation to all and desire that no one should perish, hear the prayers of your people and grant that the course of our world may be directed by your peaceful rule and your church rejoice in tranquility and devotion through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please join in singing our offertory song, O Lord, I am not worthy. O Lord, I am not worthy that Thou shouldst come to me, but speak the word of comfort, my spirit healed shall be. And humbly I'll receive thee, the bridegroom of my soul. No more by sin to grieve thee, or fly thy sweet control. Eternal Holy Spirit, unworthy though I be, prepare me to receive Thee, and trust the Word to Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Accept, we pray, O Lord, these offerings we make gathered together from among the, your gifts to us. And may what you grant us to celebrate devoutly here below gain for us the prize of eternal redemption through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh, and so fulfilled the design you formed long ago, and opened for us the way to eternal salvation. That when he comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni sunt celi et terra, 
gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth. With your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. 
to our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we wait the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Come, O Lord, visit us in peace, that we may rejoice before you with a blameless heart. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. 
I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Our communion song is Panis Angelicus. Panis Angelicus, fit Panis Ominum, dat Panis Celicus, Let us pray. May these mysteries, O Lord, in which we have participated, profit us, we pray. For even now, as we walk amid passing things, you teach us by them to love the things of heaven and hold fast to what endures through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks be to be God. Good. Please join in singing, Come Thou Almighty King. Come Thou Almighty King. The Prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. This is Jose. And this is Rosa, and we're from St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston. Part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio, Radio for, for your soul. soul. 